Deeksha Sethi brings to you her exclusive podcast Different Strokes a place of celebrating the undying human spirit get to hear inspiring stories from different guests that will endure you encourage you and strengthen your willpower and inner voice stories of people who walked through rough paths of various situations and how they walked out of those circumstances boldly i've struggled with clinical depression for 3 years now and this is probably the first time i've come out on a public platform to talk about it because talking about mental health is not easy for the sheer lack of understanding for the stigma for the lack of safe spaces this fear of being misunderstood of being judged of being labeled of being pulled down it has happened to me and which is why i feel very strongly about this issue and the need to normalize conversations around anxiety depression and other mental health issues but today i'm not here to talk about myself i have with me a young warrior who struggled with obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety since she was 9 but today she is in a much happier space and she's able to find this elusive emotion in the smallest of things and gestures she's an avid reader and she loves cartooning and she loves her workplace please welcome natasha shivasal so thank you natasha and welcome to uh, different strokes um i want to start by asking you a question that a lot of children grow up with low self esteem and anxiety uh and it's usually because of you know the environment that they are being brought up in it's either um they're in a joint family which is probably disrupted or it's the parents that are you know disrupted they come from a broken home basically either one of the parent is affected or uh not available to the child emotionally or physically and sometimes in extreme cases it's also mental and physical abuse and we call it the father wound or the mother wound which gets passed on to their children so did you experience any uh, sort of emotional neglect as a child which has impacted um the way your personality is today um okay so firstly thank you uh, for having me it's um, it's great to be here it's and a pleasure. to have this opportunity i uh, don't think it was um um neglect it was definitely not neglect i have mm. the most um helicopter parents if you will mm. uh but um there was always a little tension not a little mm. actually there was always a lot of tension in this house mm. um we did live in a joint family for a while and uh, there was tension because of that uh we um there was tension because um generally our family history is such that uh there are people who have suffered from some mental health ailments hmm. and i think i kind of get it from uh, my dad he was always a very anxious wound up he still is he's very anxious he's very hmm. wound up and um, you know i just i just pick up on things i don't know like maybe it's a first born thing hmm. or maybe it's that i was just a little more attuned to picking up um, yeah. you know the emotions around me hmm. uh, but i could pick up an underlying sense of um, a lot of tension in the house hmm. and uh, i i don't know why it was there i know for a while it was because of some extended family members 
but i did i did know that uh, and and i questioned i questioned mm. uh, my mother because i i've never been able to speak to my father not because of anything he's done but i mean we just we we don't share a great um, relationship and yeah, um, yeah i uh, i think you just sometimes you just pick it up i mean when you're when you're growing up you you pick up a pick up a vibe i guess right so you were you absorbing know. all the energies within you yeah and also nobody ever told me anything you know mm. i mean we were always part of that culture where like nobody told me anything like if i questioned something i was always told that these are just things that we don't discuss you know right. everything is just brushed under the carpet and made to look normal but things mm. were not normal mm. there was something that was wrong and i mean i still don't know what it was i'm 27 now i probably started feeling this when i was 6 or like 5 and 22 years down the line i still i'm still struggling to understand what the underlying tension was but uh, yeah it did um, it led to a lot of internal uh, confusion confusion mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. correct word yeah up and down yeah right so you were internalizing all this tension that was there in your family so tell me something um when you were growing up um did your mother or anybody else in the family pick up those signs um in your behavior that something was not right um you know i i i don't want to say this because it might sound like my mom and dad were not good parents which is mm. not the case hmm. but um, i i think they did notice that um, i mean by see generally you know and i did a lot of research on this because i was really interested in understanding what was wrong with me because i knew hmm. something was wrong with me so i i needed to understand what had happened to me why i was hmm. the way i was hmm. and um, and it was important for me to know that and so what i picked up what i understood was that by the time you hit your late teens or your early 20s hmm. if something has to go wrong it will right and this is a lot of studies you can you can check it up yeah. and that's what happened with me by the time i hit 19 which was in 2012 mm-hmm. and uh, by the and you know be, between 2012 and 2016 i just tipped over i mean it was like mm-hmm. i just stopped having a bath i stopped taking care of myself i mm-hmm. started gaining a lot of weight because i turned to food for comfort mm-hmm. um and and i was eating a lot of food i mean i was eating like normal amount of food i was mm-hmm. eating a lot of junk food and i was gaining weight and mm-hmm. i was further attributing to like a lot of issues that i was feeling inside yeah. and um, and then i was becoming sluggish and lazy and i wasn't i wasn't doing the things that i was that i enjoyed doing i wasn't i i always I wasn't studying. Uh, mm. That's not to say I was a great student, but mm. I mean I did like picking up the book and learning something. Right. I, I wasn't reading, and I've I've always been an avid reader. Like since I was a kid, I loved reading. I wasn't playing with any dogs. I wasn't doing anything. I was mm. just um, existing. Like literally, what I would do is reading. I would sit mm. on the bed. No, I wouldn't even read. I just sit on the bed and I. No, I said breathing. Watch. You were just sitting and breathing. Yeah, I mm. I was just breathing, and and mm. there was a window next to my bed, so I mm. just keep looking out of it. Like, so did they pick up on it? They definitely knew that something was amiss because mm. I was like, I had zero interest in planning my life after college. Like, e- e- the fact that I got into college mm. was also a shock for me. Uh, mm. I wasn't expecting to get into college, but I got into college, and then the fact that I had to replan or recalibrate my life after three years mm. was of ze- I had zero interest in doing it. I mean, I just by the time college ended, I just I sort of woke up one morning and decided that this is it. Like mm. now, I mean, the only way I'll escape is like if I kill myself or if I die or something. Were you suicidal? Uh, I'm not joking. I 
was i suicidal i was uh, ideating but i don't mm. think i had the guts to actually kill myself because mm. it's painful um mm. and and there are a lot of people who pass that bridge and they 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 feel that what they are feeling is so painful they can't uh, deal with it but i was ideating yeah. definitely it gave me comfort to know that um, i could escape if i chose to mm. um because i wasn't being able to uh, and nobody listened and you know it's so frustrating nobody listened to me did you try talking you know, they, they, who did you try I talking did. to i tried talking to my mom okay but the thing hmm. is you have to understand we come from a family we come from a very traditional family hmm. and it's not that she didn't care or that she didn't worry or that she she was not hmm. she didn't she didn't love me it is just that we came from a family where we'd already seen so much of this i mean my parents had seen so much of this in their life that for them to know that their daughter was feeling these things hmm. was just terrifying for them and and the easiest thing to do when you're terrified is to turn a blind eye to it yeah but yeah. you know it didn't help i mean i mean and it broke me because like because then i began because because i couldn't speak to anyone in my house nobody mm-hmm. listened to me so nobody mm-hmm. and everyone thought i was acting out you know i right. was i was behaving i i didn't have anyone to talk to i didn't mm-hmm. have i didn't have a support system in place so so i just did the next best thing i uh, i got in my i had one best friend mm-hmm. um who was there at the time and i and she had a She was very good friends with a, a, a lady who used to, um, and I know her as Padma Aunty. Hmm. Um, Padma Aunty used to be a counselor in our school, hmm. and I, I uh, began, uh, began. I just began meeting her. I just began chatting with her. You know, right. I, I mean, yeah, I, you can call it counseling, but uh, hmm. I, it, I don't know if it was counseling, but it, it felt like I, it, I was damn alone. Yeah, I just, I hmm. didn't have. Um, but you were pouring out your heart to your auntie and did that make you feel um uh, that you're being heard that there is somebody who can be your sounding board i was not pouring i was talking to padma auntie um mm. padma auntie was a counselor in our school who i mm. had lost touch with after i i mean i never spoken to her in school i just knew and in school we always refer to the people who went to her as you know the loonies or whatever Hmm. but um, and and i mean i didn't but it was just a conception hmm. a, a preconception that if people hmm. are sitting in that room they have some issues right and um, so i i uh, did it make me feel heard or no hmm. because she she couldn't do anything she 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 could give me advice which i wasn't able to implement because i i couldn't talk to anyone at my home so hmm. See the thing with mental health is unless someone's helping you at home it's damn hard to do it yeah. you just can't do it if there's yeah. no one at home to help you I I agree um, um yeah. especially if things uh, like you said if there is no support system back home and generally like you you said that you know your parents obviously struggled to understand what you were going through and 90% of the parents or your support system around you do not have that in-depth understanding of what mental health is what are the issues what are you going through it's difficult to put it into words uh, to start with right and then to make the other person understand this it's even harder uh they're not going to understand this uh because to them it's going to be acha mood swing hai theek ho jayega you know acha itna socho mat theek ho jayega so they just obviously uh you know let brush it away but it doesn't go away um unless you know you seek professional help and and what you need at that point is tremendous support just being heard and that's it um that is that itself is i think half the battle one 
Yeah, I um I think so too. I mean, I ultimately they didn't nobody had a choice. They had to take care of me. I I eventually just broke down. I mean, I just I literally disintegrated. Mm-hmm. So they I mean and it was just a matter of two months, two years, you know. I mean, the, the right. first time I told uh, someone in my family, and and that was my mom, and mm-hmm. and just to reiterate, they're not bad parents. They're yeah. just yeah. they're just parents who've seen too much, and and they didn't want it happening to their own kid, you know. Yeah. But it happened, and it's it's not like uh, my life ended or I I tried to end my life. I mean, at no mm-hmm. point did I do that. I definitely ideated about it. Yeah. Um, as I think uh, a lot of people who uh, and not to generalize, but I, okay. So let me put it this way: in my case, I did ideate about. Mm. Did mm. I actually ever do anything to uh, in that direction? No. Mm. Uh, why mm. I was terrified. Mm. But knowing that there was an escape made me feel a lot better. Mm. Um, and there was a two-year, uh, a three-year gap between the first time I ever brought up the fact that there is something mentally wrong with me. Mm-hmm. um and actually just completely disintegrating and you know them having to come and actually mm-hmm. pick me up literally pick me up and take me to a hospital and mm-hmm. uh, where they you know they had to put they had to like calm me down because i, I was really hyper and slept in 72 hours and mm-hmm. i was i was so angry and i was i was i was terrified i was going to die mm-hmm. and um I was I was not making any sense and and I knew, you know another thing is I kept trying to tell everyone I know what's wrong with me if mm. you get me the help I need I'll be able to get over this mm. but if I don't get the help I need I will fall apart mm. and I am mm. fallen apart so so you know I mean when the final diagnosis did come out mm. I remember I was sitting in the room with the doctor and my mother and the doctor just said you know that um uh, you know you are you are obviously suffering from a case of uh, obsessive compulsive disorder hmm. and uh, this anxiety uh, and obsessive compulsive disorder is a form of anxiety yeah and you are also suffering from i think a bit of generalized disorder uh, generalized anxiety disorder but more right. so obsessive compulsive disorder and because you haven't gotten this anxiety treated um you know you've you've lost control and you you're very very depressed Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I remember by then I was just, I was hysterical. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't being able to, I just started laughing and, and I just looked at her. Mm-hmm. And I remember I picked up the phone and I just threw it. Mm-hmm. And I, like, you know, I knew this like fucking when I was seven years old. Mm-hmm. You don't have to tell me this. I'm, uh, you know, 15 years down the line. I knew this. I've always known it. Right. Um, I've read enough to know that this is what's wrong with me. I right. don't need a medical um, opinion because and but you you know it, that was the start of um, hmm. of me getting better. Right. Um, so, so uh, when you were feeling so desperate and lost and confused and there was so much pent up anger in you. And when it finally um, got revealed in front of your mother that there is something not right with you and you need help, what was her reaction? There was a series of events that had led to that. Hmm. Um, one was I hadn't had a bath in a week. Hmm. And um, as I mentioned, I'd started eating so much that I'd gained a lot of weight. 
Hmm. And uh, because I'd gained a lot of weight, a lot of the clothes which I liked to wear weren't hmm. fitting me anymore. Hmm. So in frustration, I'd cut them up. I right. throw them away ho- uh, hoping that you know that would be the end of that chapter of my life and now maybe I could mm. learn to accept myself with this body mm. but I wasn't being able to and I was being constantly told that you're gaining weight you're going to fall ill this that and that just made me feel more low right and then I and I kept and I kept doing like weird things you know like I'd I'd keep spending money on the same things or I mean I didn't have any money and just keep like asking my parents to spend money on the same things and mm. uh then I'd keep cutting them up and throwing them away and they'd find that those clothes which they bought just yesterday which are you know jeans jeans which may have cost like 1500 1600 rupees have been mm. cut up and thrown into the dustbin and they try and ask me why and I won't have an answer for them because how can I explain to them that um mm. you know i hate the way i look and i hate uh, everything about myself and uh, i also uh, am angry with you because you're not listening to me and mm. since you bought me that i'm going to cut it up and throw it away just to prove to you that i don't care about you but mm. also to prove to myself that i don't need those things mm. and um, yeah it was um, um when when i told her she um, uh i i think she got scared mm. um because if she would have to tell my father and he would not take it well hmm. uh i think she got scared because she didn't know uh, where she had i mean parents usually say they oh it was my fault but it's not really anyone's fault yeah uh, it just happens hmm. um she just said that you know you're i think you're and you're not planning anything for your future so maybe you want to you know pick up pick up a hobby and and you know this was always a thing with my parents that they felt mm. like I was not a I was not one of those go getter planning mm. type of people I was always just someone who just sort of went with the flow mm. and I think this bothered them a lot um, so yeah that's that, that that's what she said but then many years later when when I confronted her and I told her that you know I I I I told you I told you I wasn't well Hmm. uh she she did apologize and and she did say that you know at the time uh, i i really didn't know uh i i just got very scared and hmm. i didn't know um how to help you and uh, right. and i was just hoping that it would go away right what about your father because you you didn't mention that you know he uh is a very anxious person and he's somebody who has dealt with mental health himself uh mental illness himself right and unknowingly prob- uh, you know he's he might have passed that on to you as well because there was constantly a lot of stress and uh tension in the house um how did he take it when he he learned about your condition um so i mean to say that my dad dealt with mental illness is not Hmm. entirely correct i mean hmm. his sister dealt with it and right i i do think his mother and um, her mother like my great grandmother hmm. may have dealt with it i'm still not sure some of his cousins have dealt with it hmm. uh hmm. has he dealt with it per se i'm not sure still hmm. i mean there are some similarities between the two of us we do pick up we have a lot of the same um habits mm. uh, which seem like um, they're helping us but they actually like they can be destructive in nature right uh, but i mean he's never gotten professional help because it's never reached that point mm. um and he's not i mean he doesn't agree to the f- is he in denial no i i just think he just he's just a very anxious person 
he's to say that he's a mental health patient i'm not sure that's not what yeah, i mean I but i'm just saying yeah. that because he's also harboring a lot of anxieties those anxieties obviously come out in some form uh, in his behavior uh, right yeah, he uh, but does he recognize that or is he in denial he recognizes that right so did it make him reflect upon his own uh, anxieties when he got to know about your uh, situation very briefly very briefly and uh, then i was dismissed as someone i i don't know yeah. i mean he um, when he found out he hmm. uh, was cognizant of the fact that there's something wrong hmm. um he uh, he reflected on it hmm. um he agree- he does feel yes somewhere that there's a lot of similarity mm. i'm sure he does because mm. i see it and and he's mentioned it to me once or twice mm. and um, is he in denial uh, mm. i think so right um does it reflect in his behavior this mad level of uncontrollable anxiety yes mm. yes it does mm. Mm. so how does that impact the um, environment at home and how does your mother take it and how does your brother take it because it just to me it seems like that you've inhaled a lot of that in you and it has impacted you the most you've been the you know the collateral um, damage if i may use the word um but what about them did it impact them in any way yeah did, yeah did it disrupt you as a I family mean, a, no no it disrupted us as a family because my brother and my mother kept us together and to say and it's not like my dad uh, tried to break us all apart he didn't see everything he does he does for mm. us it's just that mm. he has no control over his anxiety no so, absolutely that's not what i'm saying that you know he's responsible or you're responsible it's just that um he's because he's in denial of what he is going through uh, obviously his actions are have consequences right they've had consequences on you yes. for example so um did it also have a, an impact on your mother or your brother and generally how was the environment at home was it disrupted or do you think okay were you dysfunctional as a family or do you think uh, you were a family like any other you know uh, it did affect my mom and my brother to mm. some extent but i'll tell you this they are made of they made of some other other type of stuff man they they really mm. kept it together mm. they they and my brother's younger than me he's younger than me by 4 years right. and he he rallied he rallied for this whole family mm. arjun arjun rallied for all of us he kept this family together we we still enjoy each other's company and it was not a dysfunctional i mean mm. there are days where we go without talking where and by we i mean my dad and me we don't talk Hmm. um but um, and we don't talk because because i don't want to aggravate him because i feel hmm. like my presence in his life is is just creating a lot of trouble for him but hmm. but my mom and my brother really rallied ma'am they 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 kept this whole family together natasha have you ever tried to have a sit down chat with your father and probably understand um what is Several really times. going on with him and maybe what you are thinking about him is really not true um yeah i have but hmm. i don't think it you know see with dad it's that he has his own demons 
Right. And until you sort out your own demons, um, you know, you can't take care of anyone else. So, right. so having a sit down chat with him about me doesn't really make a difference because mm. I, I have a feeling in the larger scheme of things, I'm slightly inconsequential. But, mm. um, but yeah, the family is not dysfunctional. Um, part of it is, I mean, I, mm. I am dysfunctional. I don't talk to him, mm. uh, mainly out of fear of aggravating. Hmm. Uh, but the family is not. I mean, me, my brother, my mother. Um, we have we have a great time together. But you are no. a part of that family, right? So, yeah, you're one unit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if push comes to shove, I know that they both got my back. So, yeah, and by both of them, I mean my parents. Hmm. I mean, Arjun hmm. always has my back. But even my dad. I mean, hmm. all said and done, I know he has my back. Right. Um, how's your equation with your brother, and how was it um, while growing up, especially when well, we you worked so much? Okay. We we disliked each other intensely. Mm. Arjun has always been the elder sibling, mm. uh, even though he's four years younger than me. Mm. Um, he's also uh, more pragged than I am, mm. um, and unlike me, he always had a plan. Arjun right. had a plan of what he wanted to do with his life, which. Right eased uh, my parents worries with me they kind of just saw someone who was floating through things mm-hmm. and didn't really have like a plan of action uh, so when we were growing up arjun and i uh, we we were always made to share a room we never had separate rooms right and um, uh, in fact it was just vaguely that we we even got separate rooms hmm. um but uh, we uh, we didn't like each other very much when we were growing up i mean we mm-hmm. loved each other because we were siblings Right. Uh, but we didn't know anything about each other. We we didn't um, understand uh, the value system that we both came from. Um, mm-hmm. I I came I believed in different things. He believed in different things. Right. Um, but I but I think after and and when he saw me disintegrating, mm-hmm. uh, he uh, he too felt like uh, I was being an escapist. Uh, mm-hmm. I was not um, living up to the ideals that my parents had for me. Hmm. Uh, I was not living up to my own ideals. I he felt that I was just existing on that bed every day, looking out the window like a nutcase. Hmm. But uh, but you know, in the last uh, four years, we become very close, and right. we become close in our own capacity, hmm. and we've grown to understand each other's perspectives on that time in our life and everything that's happened since. Hmm. And Arjun, like I said, he. He's rallied for this family. I mean, mm. he has he's kept us together. I mean, he, and I couldn't do that. I couldn't keep us together. So, does he understand you better now? I mean, especially from where yes. you're coming and what your challenges were. Yeah, he does. He mm. does. He doesn't. Um, uh, he's realized that I'm somebody who needs my uh, space. Mm. I I do figure things out and I do listen to advice very carefully. Right. I may not like take your advice and directly implement it like the next day, hmm. but don't worry, it's there somewhere in my head, and when the time is right, I'll probably listen. Hmm. Um, but Arjun, I think I think there was a trust deficit, hmm. and that's not there anymore. Hmm. And and I think he's tried to understand me as a person, hmm. and I think I've tried to do the same, and and it's really good. It's it's very nice. I, mean, I genuinely enjoy talking to him. 
I, I like that. I like how you've made progress with uh, this particular aspect in your life, especially. Um, I do want to ask you, however, uh, you did touch upon um, obsessive compulsive disorder, right? And I know for a fact that it can be very uh, disruptive, especially um, it can disrupt your normal functioning. So how was it in school and college and now that you're also working? Um, how does it disrupt your day-to-day routine? What's your day like? Um, is it difficult to go through it or have you wrapped your head around it now? Um, it is difficult to go through it. Um, mm. I'll be honest, um, initially I thought the lockdown would be like the worst time of my life. Mm. Um, but it's given me a lot of time to reflect. Mm. Um, see, with me, OCD really manifested I manifested itself in terms of the food I was eating. Mm. And... Um, uh, also, um, you know, this this bizarre uh, habit of cutting things up hmm. and thinking that every time you cut something up and throw it away, it's a new start right. or a new fresh start thing. I, I don't know how that works. Right. Um, when I was in school, it was, it was, you know, okay, this is going to sound really strange, but please bear with me. Sure. Uh, when I was in school, I... Uh, I fell in love with someone hmm. and uh, you know when you're 16 and you're 17 you're you're, you're still discovering um, hmm. things like you know touching the other person and that sounds weird but yeah. no, kissing it's the other natural. person okay takes up yeah. yeah and so I'd get scared every time that would happen and then after x person would leave or drop hmm. me back home hmm. I would without telling anyone, take a flashlight and go back to where we were hmm. and obsessively look in every and canny for hidden cameras. Um, okay. I'm hmm. always scared of that. Um, hmm. You know, and it would catch hold of me and there were no cameras. I mean, a normal person would probably do it once or twice. I hmm. uh, I did every time and, and I never told anyone about it. Hmm. I, but eventually, um, he found out because he one day he left something there and he had to come back and he saw what I was doing. Hmm. Um, but but yeah, and um, in college, I think it just it just went really, it went from bad to worse. I hmm. I just kept eating. I stopped going to classes. I, I hmm. didn't enjoy this. And I used to love history and I was doing history honors. Hmm. And uh, I, I had zero interest in any of the subjects they were hmm. teaching. Hmm. And... Um, I uh, you know I and I just didn't go to college. I mean, and and I do actually surprisingly I I I I was under the impression that you can just bunk bunk as much as you want, but hmm. um, you really can't do that. Um, hmm. They do have a sixty six point six percent thingy, and hmm. um, I I I didn't make it. So okay, and um, were your teachers able to identify anything? Uh, you know, at all in your behavior that it was a little off or any any classmates that were able to tell? No, but uh, my teachers did uh, uh, notice that hmm. I, was, uh, I was slightly more aggressive towards the end of school. Right. Um, there was a slight, I was, I was so tired of people not listening to me that I just began being loud about hmm. it. So, you were seeking attention by being aggressive. No, I wasn't seeking attention. I just wanted. I don't mean to in the wrong way. I, I mean you wanted to be heard, so you were. Yeah. 
okay so you were being aggressive yeah, about it okay and did did the teacher yeah. relay this up to your parents did they talk to them about it no i don't think so okay you were 12 anyways no teacher really gives a damn i mean that's mean i know that's probably not true there were a lot of teachers who gave a damn mm-hmm. um but the teachers i had didn't really give a damn and everyone was always all about you know boards 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 right so so no they i don't think they ever spoke to my parents about it right um so tell me something uh with the obsessive compulsive disorder you know did you also have um other um you know behavioral components to it like superstition for example uh you know you were particular about yeah. were you particular about a certain day or a certain pattern or a color or numbers etc anything of that sort yeah um the number 5 hmm. um the number 5 because double trouble that means hmm. every time there's a pair it's trouble hmm. so i mean look at it this way two is trouble hmm. um which means and 3 is evil so that mm. means 4 is also trouble and it's double trouble because it's a, it's two pairs mm. and it's four mm. so everything at in 5 um but that was numbers and i think for me it was more um for me it was just the the i just wanted it to go for my for my mind for my body i just wanted that feeling to leave me and and mm-hmm. go so I I believe that every time I threw something away or I cut something up and I I was leaving that part of my life behind mm. and that it didn't it didn't have anything to do with me anymore. Hmm. And it still happens. I mean it doesn't happen to the extent where it happened before but it does happen. Right. Right. So um tell me how did you start channeling your anxieties after you met uh you know the counselor? and uh, it was finally diagnosed that uh, you have an obsessive compulsive disorder and there's a lot of anxiety and pent up um, anger and we and you need help so how was the journey from there on um so the first one year was not good hmm. um because i was still not in delhi i hmm. was finishing my post graduation and right. my parents told me to come back and they said that you know fuck the post graduation just come back and I just try getting better at home and then once it's all done you know you can go back and you can try studying again and I was like I've already completed one year of post grad let me just finish the other year hmm and uh, the, first, the I remember um, first they told me that you know you're pretty hysterical so please calm down hmm. and they gave me a lot of medicines for that hmm. and um I remember when we started off this whole thing I was on like eight or 10 medications hmm. and um, after two weeks they said okay here's you know please go meet this therapist hmm. and she works and i remember her name was mary george hmm. and um, she she was very sweet um, i i don't remember many of my conversations i remember one conversation with her uh, where i was uh, very angry at the way her receptionist had treated someone in the office right and i remember another conversation with her where i told her that i need to break up with my boyfriend at the time because i i felt that you know it, it was not helping me mentally mm. and um, and i dated that guy for 8 years so it was a mm. hard decision to make mm. um but she was very sweet and but then after one year i came back to delhi 
Hmm. And you know, then the whole process started again. You had to find another doctor. You had to find another hmm. therapist. Yeah. And I think it's 2016 is when I came back, and uh, and then I met Anne, who's my therapist right now. Hmm. And I I'm and I went to two doctors, and it didn't work with them. Hmm. Not because they're bad doctors, but sometimes you just don't. Yeah, it doesn't click. Yeah, and I definitely didn't like the fact that one doctor tried to tell me you don't have OCD because I was like, bro, you know what? Hmm. You you may be trained, but you definitely don't know what's going on in my mind. Right. Um, but then I did meet another doctor, and uh, I met him through Anne actually. Hmm. And his name is Doctor Amit Sen, and he's and he he just he was a very cut 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 type of guy. He didn't hmm. no no here and there. Hmm. Uh so 2016 to 2017 still struggling hmm. still trying to figure out medicines had come down significantly from maybe 8 to 10 to 5 hmm. um so the thing is when the medicines come down a lot of the old feelings come back and then right. what therapy does is it sort of helps you deal with the upsurge of all those yeah. feelings and then 2017 and 18 were just bad of years And then in 2018 beginning I remember I started I think it was the month of Feb or March and I remember I started feeling like I can do this like right. okay it's okay you're still existing and you're doing something in the field of what you like now just amp it up hmm and and I remember thinking that look yeah I'm you know I mean I've met a lot you know you know people say you should have role models hmm let me put it this way I met a lot of people who I would not like to be like <laughs> I don't know if they count as role models <laughs> but yeah. hmm yeah I I remember when I was in college there was a girl who used to live in the room next to mine and she was 28 at the time and I was just 21 hmm and she obviously had some issues and whether it was hypochondria or it was just a lot of anxiety or whatever mm. and i mm. i remember there was a, there were a few instances with her she'd come into our room and yeah she'd cry or and and it was fine it's okay to cry but but there were some very weird things that she'd do mm. and and i'd um, and, and that said, listen i'm equally weird you know i used to pack mm. up my whole suitcase and bring it back every time mm. um but i remember thinking that i don't want to be like this person when i grow older right and and i see that a lot in my family also i don't want to be like these people when i grow older and i think that that comes a lot from what my mother taught my mother she's a very simple person mm. um there's no flair about her mm. uh, she's a very to the point straightforward no nonsense type of person mm. I, i i mean she's human so she gets scared but but she's a very tuck 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 type of person And and I think there were just two three things that she told me at at some point in my life. I don't remember if it was before or after. She said, number one, uh, nobody gives you owes you a damn, so yeah. cut the mm. and get to work. Number two, um, read because you love reading. Yeah, and uh, it makes you feel less lonely. And she yeah. she's the reason I read the way I read, mm. and I read a lot. And number three. Um, A lot of people are going to tell you throughout your life that you have to be something great. Mm. Uh what people don't realize is that sticking to the straight and narrow and just being normal itself mm. is really f- hard. 
and there's that, a lot of beauty in that that is true that so, is very true we all may look and, very and, polished and you know uh, well bred uh, people from the outside but let me tell you we're all twisted on the inside we all have a yeah. deal to deal with and control them and it's okay to not be okay yeah yeah that's good and, that's that's really uh, sane advice <laughs> yeah um, and i think that just hmm. helps absolutely absolutely i'm so glad that at least you had uh, you know your mom uh, to fall back on and she could give you the, this very simple advice which is actually the hardest to live by but um, if you can just get this simple thing through your head that just to walk straight talk straight and get out of the bed and go yeah. about the day if you're able to do that that's good enough <laughs> you know absolutely yeah life i lived yeah. yeah absolutely um tell me something um so you were dealing with obviously a lot uh, you know it was it was not easy uh, so how did you start channeling your anxieties i know reading was one and how were your relationships like you mentioned that you had a boyfriend of 8 years 9 years so how was that uh, like did it, did it, it was not a good it was not good but it went on for 8 years no. Yes, I was very stupid and <laughs> very young. Uh, no, it was not. It was not not good. We were friends. We were very young. It mm. uh, evolved, evolved into something which was not what. And you know, when you're very young and you get into a relationship, you always think, "Oh, I'm going to stay with this person for the rest of my life." Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work yeah. like that. You grow up, <laughs> and you have very different values. Yeah. And uh, you want different things from your life. You mm. believe in different things. Mm. Um. so we grew apart and then that ended hmm. and anyways i was not well so i needed to focus on myself i couldn't focus on him hmm. and um, uh how has it impacted my relationships i'm fine hmm. i mean i uh, uh how did i how did i chat it positively i yeah. began working mm-hmm. um at that time we called it the csr team now we call it the social impact team Hmm. um and and i had i'll be very honest i got recruited uh, i had no idea what i was doing hmm. um i was given tasks which i was terrified of doing so i just didn't do them hmm. which further made my seniors question my hearing abilities i think hmm. uh, but um, hmm. they were very kind i mean eventually i just had to tell them that look this is an issue and i'm scared it's hmm. not like i don't care or i don't want to i'm just i can't do it i'm scared Uh, so how was workplace and, uh, like while you were still dealing was, with a lot of emotions at home and within yourself so was workplace any different did you feel better when you were working did you feel that you were putting your time and effort and energies into something more worthwhile workplace was good because i made a lot of friends after a very long time hmm okay like i hadn't made friends in college or post grad Hmm. and i made friends in work at work after very long professionally in hmm. the first year or at least the first 9 months of the first year hmm. um work was not good professionally because i wasn't being able to deliver right and it's not that they were te- terrible to me they were never terrible hmm. uh, they were not mean about it hmm. but they were concerned and it did come up once and twice and there were a few outbursts on my part with right um not and and they tried to handle that with me hmm and 
and they they did handle it very well mm. if i may mm. say so and then that that's how i started getting better because mm. because see the thing is i have never been someone who had a talent you know i i couldn't sing i couldn't draw i i couldn't dance i was not this graceful athletic person um i had one hobby which mm. was reading mm. which evolved into writing at right. some point in my life right and um, and i had no others and i was always a good student that's it that mm. those were the three four things that i had to my name mm. and uh, and so i decided that okay i i mean i really i have nothing to lose i mean the worst thing i can that can happen to me is i lose my job which which never which they never told me i mean they were every time i brought it up they just looked at me in complete bemusement like why why are you even talk, thinking like that right um but um, but then i began working and and that's when i started getting better because mm. because the more i began working the more i began enjoying what i was doing the, right. the better i got at it and the better i got at that a lot of the confidence and self esteem which had just mm. vanished for the last 8 or 10 years mm. um began coming back and the more i began getting confident the more i wanted to do more yeah. the more i asked for more different type of work Mm. and i was given different type of work and i was uh, and i began pushing myself with mm. respect to my job mm. and till date that is my biggest source of confidence and self esteem because i just i genuinely enjoy what i do and at mm. this it's not mind uh, you know it's not something that is very great i i feel it's great Hmm. but an outside person might think it's not very great and that's fine because it, whatever it is i'm showing up and i'm doing everything i can in my power to ensure that i'm i'm able to deliver hmm. because that's at the end of the day that's what allows me to feel at peace with myself i think that's phenomenal if you're able to just show up to work and deliver what you're expected to that's and at the same time enjoy what you're doing it's it's phenomenal and um i do want to ask you though um did you end up discovering a lot of new things about yourself that you didn't know you had while you uh, were yeah. definitely i uh, i lost talking journalist okay <laughs> apart I, from I that anything them. nice anything positive <laughs> I like talking to people and right. I'm not so scared of participating in things anymore. I'm I'm more confident of my ability to uh, clearly articulate what I'm right. what I'm feeling but but I'm comfortable yeah, being at the forefront I, now and being in a crowd being around people you're more comfortable there. Yeah and I'm not uh, and I'm open to feedback it seems. I right. like it when people tell me what I could have done better. Mm. um and sometimes in my mind i don't like it but right but i don't tell them that but do you take it but no i work on it or are yeah, you self critical yeah. do you go into a lot of self criticality my i have done self critical for very long <laughs> i think um, yeah. micro analyzing my yeah. many faults has yielded zero results in my Absolute. life yeah of course um, getting somebody uh, from a third a third party to just sort of and just sort of you know point out mm. uh, where um, you they think you can do better i think mm. that's a lot more helpful because i feel the yeah. minute someone stops uh, giving a and uh, investing their time to actually mm. come out and say okay 
you could have done this better we feel mm. you could have reached here yeah uh, they just don't care if they're not doing that right so they do push you and in a positive way that you could have done this in a it's more yeah. constructive i would say yeah um yeah. tell me something natasha um it's it's very very fortunate that you finally found a workplace which understands you and there are synergies there and that you like going to work and you finally feel productive right um but tell me do they um initially did you feel that they are tiptoeing around you or they behave differently um and they were a little scared to give you any kind of feedback because you they they were not sure how you would react or you you know you might just uh spiral downwards you know did you feel any of that no not where i work right now definitely hmm. definitely not um i never felt that i That's i great. think i used to i used to go to office to escape from home <laughs> i think it's very important to make it as normal as as anyone can make it right so that's that's really why i wanted to ask you this because a lot of times it does start happening when you talk about uh, anxiety or uh, depression etc people start tiptoeing around you they don't know how to behave around you and they are just awkward right कहीं कुछ बोल दिया तो बुरा ना लग जाए दैट सॉर्ट ऑफ थिंग सो बट ऑन द कॉन्ट्ररी वॉट वी नो जनरली अ पर्सन इज होपिंग इज टू मेक इट एज नॉर्मल एज पॉसिबल सो दैट इट डिकम यू नो बिग थिंग बिकॉज इट्स नॉट इट्स लाइक एनी अदर डिजीज और इलनेस राइट सो दैट आई थिंक इट्स इट्स अ जर्नी दैट वी स्टिल you know taking and we we're, we're not there yet as a as a country maybe as a society it's 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 going to take time but i'd say we're making progress and that's it's good progress yeah yeah it is excellent um tell me one thing um uh, now that you're more self aware right you know where you stand yeah. as as an individual um you've made peace with some of your demons i'd say um no. how how do you challenge your obsessive thoughts now do you challenge them or you've just accepted it that this is how it is this is this is who i am and it's okay oh uh, no i think it's just a mixture um mm. i've definitely not accepted it mm. um i'm i'm So some of the thoughts I just let them play out. Hmm. It's like another person is talking in my head. Um and I I just let them talk and it's okay. Hmm. But then sometimes it goes it just keeps gnawing at your the back hmm. of your brain and you hmm. feel like your skull will explode. Hmm. Um I hash it out with an and uh, does not give solutions hmm. and uh, allows you to arrive at solutions. Yeah. Um that's the idea. Um uh, Yeah, which I find very annoying. <laughs> no, he already knows the answer. <laughs> of course, just... they they always know, but then they can't give you ready-made two-minute noodle, right? It's that's not how it works. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I would be like, yeah, but uh, hmm. but no, I mean, um, uh, how do I deal with it? Um, hmm. Yeah, sometimes you have to figure I, it out yourself. It's your journey to take. Actually, no one can take it on your behalf, right? And so, like, it's it's great progress that you've made so far. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes when I feel like cutting stuff up, I would draw. Now, mm-hmm. it was we we came up mm-hmm. with this with this idea, Anne and I, that every time you want to cut something up, just throw it in the drawer, and yeah. it's done. It's out of your life. You don't <laughs> you don't think about it. Yeah. Uh, so I do that. Um, yeah. When when it comes to um, food. 
Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I was never able to deal with that one particular problem of mine, and it became so big that it actually led to a, all sorts of conditions. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, heart is in trouble. Yeah, this is in trouble. So, mm-hmm. so I'm dealing with it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm figuring it out. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a because it's the only thing that you know, like when you need to immediately just feel better. Yeah, yeah. And 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 then you don't have something that will make you feel better. Yeah, you so you have to, to like Yeah. Yeah, so so now I can't resort to food so I started uh, mm. demonizing people. <laughs> but but no, but you're I, growing, I, right? I, and that's that's a good thing. Uh yeah. Do you listen to music because that that's another soul soother? I I listen to really shit music. I listen to Bollywood <laughs> music and that's a okay. I really enjoy. Sometimes you really need that kind of music to just pump up your energies. That's all right. That's basically what I listen to. And then I keep imagining myself in place of all the hell. That's okay. Thanks. It's it's good actually. It's because see now yeah. now uh, other than disintegrating yourself and disintegrate disintegrating things, cutting them out, you're actually putting things together. So it's more positive, right? You've channeled your energy into something more positive than cutting it out. Yeah. So that these are smaller things that actually make a lot of difference, and that's that's what uh, shrinks are for. <laughs> so yeah. Any, anyway, um, tell me. Uh, let's talk about something high now. We've we've talked about a lot of lows. Um, so a high point that uh, you've had in your life that you're absolutely proud of. Uh, okay, so there are two two of them, but I don't know how to interlink them. Hmm. Um, one was I, and this sounds really stupid, okay, but mm. it was this internal award thing at work, mm-hmm. and um, it's a huge deal. I mean, we all get really excited about yeah. it. Um, at least I do. I don't really care about the other. <laughs> um, mm. But um, there are these like different categories, and and I got I actually managed to win one category. Mm. Hmm. And I wrote that entry by myself. I didn't take anyone's help, and I I didn't like um, sh- uh, show it to anyone. Hmm. And I, usually, what happens is you show it to seniors, and you yeah. and and I just wrote whatever I felt, and uh, and I won, and I just um, and I just felt damn good, like I've done something. That's that's nice. Yay! And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I think the other, the the other other time I was really happy. Or uh, when I felt like I'd accomplished something was hmm. I, I think it was uh, sometime last year um, uh, or maybe this year I'm not really sure but I was hmm. I was driving and I was just very happy and I remember thinking that um, you know you you've come down from being a person who had ten medicines and would fall apart at the smallest of things to someone who has who's having like. A very low dosage of two medicines, and mm. uh, that's allowing you to level the playing field. Yeah. But then you're delivering on the playing field, yeah. which I think is important. Absolutely. Um, you you have a system now. You you worked hard for four years to yeah. put into place a very strong system. Yeah, I think that's Support the hardest system. to get actually. Um, you know, put put you putting yourself in a routine and following that is yeah. actually the hardest to crack. It looks very simple, but it's not. Um, sometimes getting out of bed is a sheer effort. But hats off to yeah, you. Yeah, it is. Well done. Really well done. Thanks. <laughs> okay, let's enter into a fun section now. And we'll keep the answers short and quick and snappy. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll wrap up. 
Um, so one word that defines Natasha. Friendly, I guess. I, I like talking to everyone. I'm right. I'm generally a very friendly person. Cool. A book that you're reading right now. Please don't judge me when I'm reading Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> a little pleasure does no harm to anyone. <laughs> um, yeah, it's actually very. <laughs> it's a good book. Okay. A song that defines your life. Um, there's a song by Rachel Platten called uh, "Fight Song." Mm-hmm. It's very corny, uh, but I love it. And of course, the Friends theme song. Nice. Um, if you were to write a book on your life, what would the title be? That's damn cool. Uh, <laughs> I think like that should be the title. Something along the lines of. <laughs> that's damn cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's a good title. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> you are very cool, and that's damn cool. <laughs> cool. Um, um, an advice that you'd like to give your younger self. Um, it's okay if you don't have a thigh gap. Uh, that doesn't make you less beautiful. Hmm. And you just have to go walk every day. Please do not over. Yeah. Just, just it's okay if you're the way you are. Nice, very nice. Um, love or friendship? Friendship, any day. Uh, funniest unsolicited advice that you've ever been given? Um, maybe you should take up yoga. I f- hate people who say this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to take you up should yoga, meditate. man. You take. <laughs> yeah, you should tell it. or you should take up yoga. Yeah, like, yeah. Or, or, or all the time, a certain way. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> a stereotype that you challenge very often. That there's no beauty in mediocrity. There's no beauty in mediocrity. Because there is. There's a lot of beauty in. Mediocrity. Absolutely lovely. That's that's lovely. That has been a an amazing conversation, Natasha. I enjoyed it. I think it was very heartfelt. Um, thank you for uh, you know literally opening up your heart here, and pouring it all out. Um, I hope a lot of people who listen to this podcast actually um, are able to understand that mental health is absolutely important to talk about and it's okay to not feel okay and if they yeah. recognize that that if they're dealing with some sort of a mental health problem it's okay to seek help yeah and it's it's very important to to yeah. find happiness in very small things absolutely thank you so much for doing this i hope other people benefit from this chat thank you thank you for this opportunity thanks very much bye Bye.